Last day of the year. Can we get through it in the next two hours in the real Kipper and Bourne show without anything announced? I don't think that's possible. No, they're going to postpone our show until next week for no reason. <laughs> Justin Bourne, <laughs> Derek Brandeo, our tech guy, and of course, Sammy gluing it all together here. Now, guys, I've heard, you know, in the next few minutes, there could be another uh, release on, on games. Huh? Yeah. Now what? Well, I, I think I think more canceled games, to be honest with you, and I don't know where tomorrow with Toronto and Ottawa sits. It's still on, I was told, this afternoon, and it hasn't been canceled, dot, 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 yet. <laughs> hmm. Well, you know, there would be nothing new. You know, no real developments, I guess. They had Josh Norris and Tyler Ennis on Ottawa tested positive or at least entered protocols. Correct? Yes, but, you know, go ahead, Justin. Oh, just like nothing changed really here. So what is yeah. the conversation about? Cash. Oh, we're back here again. We are. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm well, sorry to do this to you guys, but this is now not about uh, maybe another guy getting COVID here. This is a province in Ontario and the rest of Canada getting shut down here. And they are guys, seven teams out of 32 in the National Hockey League, but they drive around 40% of the revenue in this league. So the question is now if Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, and we, we know that the ballparks of one night for Toronto and Montreal is $3 million plus. If you can't get those games in in the next two, three weeks, the question the league's asking and the players association's asking, like how many can we move south of the border? How many can we push down? So it may just be about rescheduling games now. Sorry, to the south of the border, like giving U.S. teams more home games? Well, yes, and you hope that you make up those games mm -hmm. February and March, I guess. Yeah, so the, yeah, go ahead, Sammy. When Kipper says these kind of things, you know, they have a tendency to trickle out and <laughs> be correct. Well, so, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, starting to get a little worried. So I'm not. I'm not. Listen, this is this is just. Uh, I I don't know to be honest with you. I'm just speculating, and of course, you talk to a few people and they throw it out, and now you're just. I, I don't have anything on, on good authority. This is not uh, sources telling me, Sammy, but, you, you know, I, I know there's something coming out. Put it that way. So then would there be a world in which, say, they, don't, they do cancel the game tomorrow or postpone it, sorry, and then that would probably mean that they would postpone the game on Wednesday night against the Oilers. Then would there be a world in which the Leafs would have a break from the 14th to the 8th? That seems nuts, no? You got to play it a does. game. And, and and you make a very valid point, Sam. I believe that Toronto and Ottawa are sitting there going, 
we're Let's here. Go. We haven't played in two weeks. We got to play. Yeah. We, we, we got to get these guys going here. So you can't, you can't push every Canadian game south of the border for the next three weeks. It's impossible. And let's right. not forget that there's there's television involved. There's Sportsnet well, involved here. As a national uh, rights holder here, they stroked a very big check once upon a time here. So where 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 does that fit in? Where does the inventory fit in on these games when it comes to national or regional and, and, and the effects it has. But in a perfect world, the top priority here is to save as much as you can on the HRR here. This is the number one issue right now in the National Hockey League. It's not so much a, a positive test here and there. They, they think that they've been able to plug, plug a few holes here with the, the taxi squads. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we had Adam Seaborn yesterday, and he talked about uh, what happened to TSN when the World Juniors gets canceled. And as he explained it to us, all of that advertising inventory for the World Juniors that's been sold gets made good, as it's called. So the TSN has to give those advertisers all the eyeballs that they were promised in other events, which means they can't sell those events, which means financially they're kind of buried. If you're worried about $3 million against HRR, you know, you're asking Sportsnet, who paid for these games and sold those advertisements, to take that hit for you as a league when, as you mentioned, Kipper, they stroked a big check, and I think there's an obligation on the NHL's behalf to say, hey, the, they paid for these games so they could sell ads. They sold the ads. We owe them the content. Yeah. So I'm looking ahead. There, there, the, I'm looking at the, the Leafs' dilemma. schedule here. Yeah, I'm looking at the Leafs' schedule here, and we have those two games coming up this week, apparently. You know, tomorrow night against the Sens, and then Wednesday against the um, against the Oilers. Then their next home game is a Monday night versus the New Jersey Devils. I would say that that game would be the January 17th. I'd say that, could get, that game could be as good as you-know-what, and then they head back out on the road to play the New York Rangers. So I think they... If I was looking at this... From a perspective of the NHL and the Leafs, I think the thing that makes the most sense, no, is that they play tomorrow, play Wednesday, and then you kick the can down the road with the 17th on the Monday night. No, does that make sense to you guys, or is it just too much hockey-related revenue to lose out for those two games, Kip and Borney? Justin? Yeah, you know, I I think that, Sammy, that makes a lot of sense to me, though, that they do play the Wednesday and Saturday night games. I just think that they've been working hard with Sportsnet, and Sportsnet's been working hard. Maybe I sound like a company man here, but like I feel like the league knows it owes Sportsnet uh, some hockey here over this long stretch. Hockey night in Canada, you know, everyone's home on Christmas break. You two Canadian teams. I, I just feel like there's too much pressure to get these games played. I would imagine tomorrow night would be a massive draw, too. You think about it, it's New Year's Day, it's Saturday night, everybody at home, no one really doing a whole lot. Um, they haven't had a hockey game in like half a month here, a few weeks yeah. since, since December 14th. You'd think tomorrow would be a – we could ask our boy Seaborn again, but you'd think tomorrow would be a monster draw in terms of eyeballs. A couple from the For sure. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, hey, the least practice today. So maybe maybe they're maybe they're getting told they're playing tomorrow. But I don't know, boys. It's just what a world we're living in. We're talking more about the potential postponements of uh, Leafs hockey games than actual Leafs hockey games. And they're healthy, Sammy. They look good. Yeah, they, yeah it's, it's interesting. 
it's their first time that they've had all their forwards intact uh, from at the start of the so you know you think back to the start of the year with Matthews missing the first few and they've had injuries here and there Marner everybody been in and out so yeah so they've now have the full um, you know uh, Mikheyev the full buffet of forwards and our boy Nick Ritchie on the outside looking in and line rushes today as the 13th forward I mean are you guys surprised by that I, I have to say I'm pretty su- surprised to see that no I'm not and i probably base that on how good Wayne Simmons has been before all of this slowed right down. Spezza, of course, uh, back earlier than uh, thought with the suspension. It's it's a tough lineup to look at. Uh, Engvall, you're going to substitute his speed with Nick Ritchie. So I'm okay with it. And I, I think that's where it probably should sit outside of uh, his two and a half million salary. He is he he's a he's a twelve thirteen forward right now. Yeah, you you run through the Leafs lineup quick here and take a look at it. It's Bunting with Matthews and Marner, Kerfoot with Tavares and Nylander, Mikheyev, Kampf and Kasha, Engvall, Spezza, Simmons. So like where. You know, initially when we started the season, we were looking at Richie as a guy who might get into that top six, and now you're looking at Bunting or Kerfoot. Those guys have been good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Richie kind of underachieving. The, the guys have played well on the left side of things. And let's be honest, boys, they're still going to add. Like, Bunting's not going to be the first-line left winger round one, is he? So let me ask you this, fellas. If you're Kyle Dubas, and you guys, we talk about how much um, Keefe and Dubas have these conversations, and... He's running the first full line practice since the start of the season, and a guy that you spent you committed five million dollars to over over two seasons is on the outside looking in in your ideal lineup. How does how does that conversation go? What is what does that say? Do you think Dubis knows? Like what? How does that go? Yeah, I, you know, knowing the two of them, I think they're obviously in agreement. So. You know, my favorite thing about being part of, like, a coaching staff, uh, you know, the brief time I was, was how honest it is behind closed doors. You know, when you're a player and they always come to you and go, yeah, you know, we thought you were a little vanilla last night, you know, like they did to Jimmy Vesey in the Amazon series. Yeah. That means behind closed doors they're going, he's a dog. We can't even use him. He doesn't do anything. You know, so this sort of thing with, with you know, Richie, they've had the conversations where he goes – you know, you know, where Sheldon goes, Kyle, what's this guy supposed to do for me? He does nothing. You know, I know that sort of thing has happened. So it's not like they're unaware of how the season's gone for Richie. But, you know, it, it certainly when you're looking at this team towards trade deadline, Richie has some time here to find his role and find a way to be a part of this. But the, the sands of the hourglass are running thin. Well, And I don't, uh, I don't see a whole heck of a lot uh, changing from here on in. And, you know, Bunting's done a terrific job. Let's, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it that Bunting's probably done everything that yeah, he's been asked to. But you're going to have to ask more out of him. And whether or not Richie is in the lineup or out of the lineup, there there isn't enough time between now and then to really, really have s- somebody look at that left side, guys, as a whole and say. Yeah, that's my Stanley Cup left side. Mm-hmm. Bunting, Kerfoot, Mikhailov, and Engvall. Okay? And even if Richie does get in there, between now and the trade deadline, 
are they going to convince us that that that, that that's good enough to win a Stanley Cup that left side? I'm not sure. I don't see a ton of experience. I don't see a I don't see any nastiness. You know, Bunting can get under skin of a few players, but not the heaviness that I I think is needed that a Kalorn has done in the past mm-hmm. or 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 a a, a, a Palette. So so I don't know. You tell me. I I know we've been focusing on hey, the Leafs need a, a right-hand D, maybe a, a top four guy that can, sol- can solidify that blue line, but that left side, okay for you guys to go win a Stanley Cup? I think Borny's on mute. So Yeah, I, sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think it's it's not. But at the same time, it's like in the salary cap era, every team has to have some flaws you, you there's no team that's just stacked up at every position all the way through in the salary cap mm-hmm. era I don't think so you know is it survivable it might be like there are four pretty good players my problem is just you know in terms of roles Bunting is not like a proper top six guy that's going to create a ton of offense I know he's had success there but I don't know if you feel comfortable counting on that in the playoffs it just seems like four third line left wingers to me Bunting, Kerfoot, Mikheyev and Engvall maybe Kerfoot's a second line guy but but I, I think, know. don't you think though the the flip side of that argument is look at the right side, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you're you look so at the right side. That, yeah. You go Marner, Nylander, Kasha, Simmons. That's a pretty great looking right wing. So can oh, they overcome? Can they overcome the sort of deficiencies of the left side to pull you through? The top two guys look pretty good when they're playing. Like like you said, Kerfoot's been great playing with two guys who are much better than him and on the same side you go with bunting and say he's really been good with marner and matthews so maybe the right side is so strong that it can elevate the left side but i agree with you kip i I don't know if that's i think they need to add at least one more legitimate left winger before the before the trade deadline right like i don't know what that looks like but i think it's a legitimate threat in the top six and is between now and the trade deadline enough to really know what mckayev is and what he can yeah. provide, and who knows how many is, games are going to play? Is, is is there a lot of is there range in growth here for Mikheyev here to finally maybe be a a top six guy that he thinks he is? Mm-hmm. He, they haven't seen him score a ton, and he thinks he can score. You know, it, it, that'll be interesting. One thing that's a little weird here is like to your point about will we see him enough? There's that three week break in February for the Olympics that isn't an Olympic break anymore, are they going to play hockey? Because, guys, the trade deadline's not till March 21st. Do you know that? March oh, wow. 21st, later, we're talking right? almost April, and that's because of that <laughs> Olympic break. So it's like we, we've we got a long way to go here. JB, all bets are off, man, with the schedule. <laughs> i got to be honest. Who knows? <laughs> Who the heck knows? But as yeah. of going into this show... We do believe the Leafs are still scheduled to play the Ottawa Senators tomorrow night at Scotiabank Arena. We also got Jason York from Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada to help tee up that game. We also have later on in the show, Coley Campbell, Executive Vice President and Director of Hockey Operations for the National Hockey League. Guys, uh, we should get a lot of answers here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or a lot of tap he's, dancing. Yeah, One he's got two. answers. Whether we get but, him or not is another story. I, <laughs> That's a great I point. I can't imagine the Zoom calls or the phone calls that this man between oh, New York, 
and Toronto, the NHL Players Association. Like, what the heck is going on behind the scenes? So, Coley, yeah. we hope he can join us. I, I know it's it's been tough to to nail uh, him down or anyone else down uh, from the PA or the NHL. We haven't had a lot of uh, contact there, so we'll we'll certainly appreciate if we can get Coley Campbell on later on in the hour. And uh, we also have Nick. Maraldo from the Pat McPhee show. McAfee, sorry, Pat McAfee show. And that's hockey talk. South of the border. Pat McAfee. How much does he make now, Sammy? A lot. More than he made as an NFL player. Oh, my God. Much. Sammy. Much money. But like $30 million a year, Pat McAfee. <laughs> enough, to, uh, enough to subsidize a lost home date for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's just say that. Yeah. See, it gives you guys hope. I'm too old now to catch the wave here. Of the oh, digital yeah. world. Kipper, don't but say that, buddy, because we're riding your coattails. To the we're wave. nothing without you, pal. Hang <laughs> <laughs> <Back laughs> the dinosaur. Hey, Derek. For the next hey, 15 Derek. minutes, let's ride Jason York's coattails. Did <laughs> I just hear you call yourself a dinosaur, Kipper? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And apparently Derek oh. will not erase that. <laughs> I love it. It's oh, been a trauma on, on the show that sounds so live. You never know when he's really saying it or not. Yorkie, exactly. Yorkie, uh, the... you, you, you keeping your head above water? You, you, you're drowning like the rest of us. What do you mean? With, with COVID? Oh, all of it. Life. Oh, well, I don't know. It's It's to the point where... It used to be I didn't know anybody that was getting COVID. Now it's everybody's getting it. So I, I guess that's a good thing. Everyone's going to get it, and hopefully we'll we'll get through this eventually. So, no, I'm good. I'm just out walking the dog right now and uh, getting ready for another quiet New Year's. So it's all good. Are you stealing Gord Stellick's shtick? Because every time we talk to him, he's at the dog park. <laughs> oh, I, I'm actually, <laughs> you know what? I got my COVID dog. I got her two years ago, a little golden doodle. Uh, so no, this is my little routine around three o'clock every day. I take her for a little walk in the woods and, uh, that's what you do. Like last two years, I think I've, I've, uh, I'm leading the league in dog walks. I guess I can say. That's good. You're... So Go ahead, what do we it. expect? Yorkie, what do we expect out of the Ottawa senators? Uh, the latest news now is Josh Norris Ennis unavailable here. Uh, <laughs> Is, is there a chance there could be a Matt Murray sighting tomorrow? I think there's a good chance. And uh, that, that's tough news, too. Josh Norris, he's been, uh, he, he's been a real bright, side for, uh, bright spot for the Ottawa Senators. And, um, and Annis, too. Annis has been pretty good as well. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me um, what's going on with the goaltending situation. Matt Murray, he didn't get as many games as I, I know he would have liked when he, when he went down to Belleville. But... Uh, you know, he's saying all the right things, and and uh, I, I think for him, he, he just has to get in there and, and, and start playing like 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 he had a couple of years ago. And it, it's just been it's been a real rocky road for him ever since he's come into this situation. And and hopefully, you know, you got to wonder with him is did, did he hit rock bottom? Hopefully, he did, and then slowly get to rebuild himself and uh, and start getting some confidence again. Well, you know, we're getting everyone set for an actual hockey game and assuming there is going to be one. What, uh, you know, where are the Ottawa Senators at? Where have they left off and what are we expecting from them heading into the 2022 portion of their schedule? 
That's a great question, Barney. Uh, one thing I do know is, is, is DJ is really good at, at, at getting the gr- getting that young group to do the old us against the world mentality. And uh, he's got them really buying in. And I remember last year, I know it was late in the end of the season, and, and uh, he got them to, to, to really buy into that style he likes to play. He, he really likes a tough, uh, fast-skating team that just goes out and, and uh, you know, he, he has a saying, takes some skin. Like every time his forechecks, his forwards are on the forecheck, he likes them to t- take the body, get in there. And, you know, Brady Kachuk's a guy that really symbolizes that. So I, I think you're going to see an improved team, Borny. I think they're going to, you know, before the break, I, I thought they were playing uh, better hockey. Um, let's be honest, too. Like, they, they played so poorly early in the season, guys. It, it's almost like you kind of removed that pressure that, with the expectations that were set when Pierre Dorian came out and said, the rebuild's over, we're going to be a playoff team. That's an awful lot of pressure to put on the shoulders of a young, young team, and that's not there anymore. Like, the, the expectation there is, is to not make the playoffs. It's, it's just to start playing well. So I think now that that's, that pressure is removed, I think it's a lot easier for these guys to play, um, you know, just go out and play. And, and Kipper, you know this, and Barney, um, it's a lot different playing hockey when, when, when you know the damage has already been done and, and you, can't, you, you can't go back and take it back, but you're just going to play now. And I think that's where the Senators are. And we'll see what happens. I, I think they're just going to go out, play loose, play hard, and, and probably win a lot more games than they have in the start of the season. Is that what Matt Murray has to do from here on in, Yorkie? Because there seems to be of some damage, and I don't know if it's yeah. fixable with the relationship between Matt Murray and the Ottawa Senators. And it just feels to me like he he wasn't he just wasn't sent down; he was sent away. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Um, yeah, and he took a lot of the blame for for what was happening with the team and, and, uh, and he didn't play well. Like he has to take some of that on himself as well. He didn't play well, but he wasn't, you know, there was a lot of different circumstances. He had COVID, there was injuries. Um, it was a very small sample size. So, you know, we've, we've all been there as players where, you know, I just, I remember myself in a certain situation in Anaheim where you, you kind of get to a point where you don't think the organization believes in you. And, and, and you got to take that mantra on yourselves of, Hey, I got to do this for myself and for my teammates and I got to turn my career around and, and I, and, and you, and you got to start just kind of thinking about yourself a little bit and, and, and do that thing, that old me against the world mentality. So I, I he's got to be there right now, guys. And, uh, for him, he just needs to get in there and start winning some hockey games and, and, uh, we'll see the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, but so far it hasn't been good for memory. Yorkie, I came across an old tweet of mine from about a year ago that was just like, Tim Stutzla is the best player in the world. You can't tell me otherwise. Or something like that. You know, it's completely over the top hyperbole. I just checked his numbers. He's got 15 points in 28 games. That's not best player in the world numbers. How has his season been? And, and you know, he's only 19 years old. I guess we can uh, pump the brakes on saying it's disappointing. But how's he been so far? He's, I think he's been a lot better in the in the last month. Correct me if I'm wrong. He got off to a horrendous start. I don't think he scored. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he went goalless for a long period of time to start the season off and a lot of pressure because he thought he was going to come in and be in his, a lot of times you come in the second year in your league, you think you figure it out and all of a sudden, holy cow, 
It's a lot harder to score in this league than I thought, but I watch him play, and there's certain guys that you watch, and you say, you know what, this guy has the potential to bring me out of my seat. Like, I enjoy watching him. And from a Senator's perspective, one of the last guys I can remember who kind of played that way for the Senators, you guys remember Marty Havlat? You'd watch Marty Havlat oh, play. Him. Yeah, and he, like, he wasn't always the best player, but he had that ability to say, wow, I'll pay money to watch this guy play hockey. And that's kind of what I get when I watch Tim Stitzel. Stitzel, he's just got that, that effect where you're like, wow, that's something I, I, uh, that not a lot of guys can do. And he kind of has that ability, and he's only going to get better and better. I, I, I think he's got a chance to be a, a star in this league. It's just going to take a little time, and it's always tougher when you're on a team that's rebuilding like the Ottawa Senators are. But I think it's been up and down, uh, the down parts of the start of the season. But I think he's starting to figure it out now, guys. So much talk about Stutzel when he first got drafted that uh, we're going to start him on the wing and now yeah. he finds himself at center. Is it actually a, a little earlier than we thought here with Norris out? It, it looks like Brady Kachuk and Batherson with Stutzel. That, that could be a pretty dynamic line. I think so. I, I really like Batherson too. I, I think he's got a chance to be a special player as well. He's just so smart, shoots the puck so well. Um, yeah, you put him and Stutzel together, I, I think they got a chance to be, you know, a lot of teams will, will put guys in twos and maybe that'll be a, a twosome that the Ottawa Senators see for many years to come. But yeah, it's, it's a situation I, I, I think with injuries and, and uh, that, that kind of happened sooner than they thought with the Senators. And it's always tougher to play center as you know, guys, the National Hockey League that, to have that extra um, responsibility down low in your own zone, and uh, he's doing it now, but we'll see. I, I'm still not sold that he's going to be a center iceman, but I just think because injuries, COVID, where they're at, it's it's the place to put him at right now. York, you refresh us on the, the, the Senators' COVID situation. They already had it kind of run through the team, right? I know Norris and Ennis just went into protocol, but they've already been through this once a season, have they not? I think you're right, Borny. They, yeah. they have been through it. It ran through the whole team. Like, in, And who knows, was that the Delta variant earlier? Now is it the Omicron? I, it's, right. I, I know it just ran through the Calgary Flames, their entire team. So they're in a, they're in a great position moving forward. But I, I, I think you are right. I, I think it hit the Senators earlier on in the season. I know a lot of guys had it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see, though. It's just, it's, uh, it's just such a... It's such a weird COVID world we're living in right now. And it just every day, it just seems another couple guys are getting it. And they're going into protocol and, and the teams just have to deal with it. And now with the taxi squads coming in, I, I think we're going to see some of those players a lot more. Where are we on, on Thomas Shabbat? Is he good or is he not good? Did Kevin BX and him kiss and make <laughs> up? Uh, where, where are we with Thomas Shabbat and all that ice time? Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a reason he plays all uh, that many minutes, guys. The Senators don't really have, you know, you could maybe say Artem Zub's a top four guy. But after Shabbat, is there really a, a legitimate top four defenseman on that team? I, I don't think so. So, unfortunately, Shabbat has to play all those minutes. And sometimes he's playing over 30, but which is way too many, guys. Like, I remember when I used to play upwards of 22, 24 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. To play thirty, like that's unheard of, and to do it to do it more often, like it's it's just uh, it's taxing on the body. So you're going to see some mistakes. But to answer your question, I, I think he's I think he's getting up there to the point 
where he's an elite defenseman in the league. I, he still has issues defensively. Um, if you're able to take his minutes down a little bit, I think you'd see less of those turnovers. But as far as pure skating defensemen go in the league, I can't name too many guys that, that can skate the way Shabbat does, the way he can control a game with the puck, the plays he can make. Um, I think he's an elite defenseman. Would he be on my Olympic team if we were going? I think from the lack of left shot defensemen on uh, in on on, on Canada, I, I would potentially have him there. So, you know, I think with with with, uh, with Kevin, I think it was one game. We all know, guys, when you're when you're doing games, you, you got to think of things to say during the intermission. So, he, I kind of take that with a great assault. But uh, he didn't have a good game. But I, I think he's right there in the conversation with a lot of the elite the elite puck rushing uh, defensemen in the league. And I think he's only going to get better as well. Norky, we were looking at the Leafs lineup uh, heading into tomorrow, and they're healthy for the first time since the start of this season. They have everyone available to them. And, you know, our first thoughts were, you know, maybe the left wing could be shored up at the trade deadline or something. But for me, one thing that stood out was Justin Hall is the only person on that sort of list where you go, what what's he going to give them? You know, if he's as good as they expected him to be, it's a pretty good decor. If he's not, they got an issue there. What are your thoughts on Justin Hall, where he's at, and if the Leafs, if he's a permanent fix for this Leafs team as they head toward playoffs? Yeah, I, I like him, guys. Um, number one, he's a right shot D, and, and I find when he plays with confidence and he doesn't try and do too much, I think he's a really effective player. Um, good two-way defenseman, moves the puck well. He's got a little offense from time to time in his game. I watched him a lot last year. I was really impressed with him. He'd always he'd always stick out to me as a guy that is not afraid to make a play with the puck and, and is pretty good with with breaking the puck out. And he seems to be a guy that's really well-liked by his teammates, a good room guy as well. So is he a top-four guy? I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'd say he's a very serviceable guy in your top six, and, and I think he's a guy that, uh, come playoff time, is going to be a very important player for the Leafs. God, he... You're right. Last year, and th- there's a confidence factor, and I, it's it was there for all of us in any generation, all, all three yeah. of us, right? But for this guy, it just seems like it's it's more important than maybe even other guys because when he doesn't have it, it's a disaster out there for him. <laughs> I know. Well, it's that old saying, eh, with defensemen. Uh, sometimes if you don't notice them, it's a good thing. And, and I think a little bit too often this year, we've been noticing Justin Hall for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I saw a lot in the game last year, the way he played, the way the confidence he had. I just, he always stuck out to me into a lot of the Leafs games I watched. And it's there. And, and for me, it's just a matter of picking your spots and, and not trying to force the issue. Seeing the guy moving the puck and just playing a little simpler, right? I think he's got the game, guys, and I, and I and I really think he's a guy that that can be an important player for Toronto. Just trying not to to make those big blunders that that, that you've seen a little more often from him this year. So you like Hall, and I would say the bit, the the question mark up front is probably Nick Ritchie. We're looking at the lineup, and there's lots of good things in the, in the Leafs lineup. Uh, Ritchie is on the outside, the thirteenth forward right now. Uh, can you see a world where he finds his way back in the mix for them? I don't know. Like I, I watch him play, and for me, he just doesn't play with the pace you need in today's game. I know he's a net front guy, and you want him to be physical and all that, but you, you still have to get to those spots. Um, I watch him too, and he always seems, and he always seems when I watch him look like he's out of shape. 
and, and I don't know how you can be out of shape in today's National Hockey League, but he just, I don't know. I, this is, this is a, a speed league now, and I, I watch him play. Uh, maybe come playoff time where it's a little more clutching, a little more grabbing, he'll be a more effective player. But you know, I just there's so many other guys in that lineup that, that I think have outplayed him. You know, with so much time off, Yorkie, and, and both the, the Leafs and Ottawa, uh, I don't know how, how long has it been? Like two and a half weeks, three weeks. It's uh, oh yeah, it's it's been a, a it's been a stretch that you just don't you don't get this time of year ever. And for me, even a little bit of time off. It was just getting into a rhythm, a sync, a timing of a breakout, a, a neutral zone crossover, whatever the case is. It took a while. But yeah. for a defenseman, what is the number one thing for, for Hall or any of these guys now to step right in and start facing, you know, each other's speed for a defenseman? Is, is it gap control? Like where would a guy like Hall and, and others now you know, be weary of going into a game tomorrow when they haven't played. Get off the ice quick. When you haven't played in a long time and you get out and, and, and you know, the guys, and you get out for a shift when you've been injured for a long time or you're just, you're coming back, it's early in the season, the game just seems so fast. And I always found if I could get out there early, um, just take a 25 second shift and then build from that, go out there and you get the puck. Uh, as soon as you see a guy, just move it, get it on a stick, try to do less is more when you're coming back after you haven't played for a long time. And especially for defensemen, because you, you try and do too much. You try and overcomplicate things. You are going to make things bad for yourself in a hurry, especially if you're not one of those natural fluid skaters, you got to be simple. You got to go short shifts and, and just 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 play a real simple game. But that's what I'd always try and dig, guys. And and for the most part, it worked out, but not all the time. It's 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 tough in this league, especially now uh, when you haven't played in a while. Yorkie, why do you think it's so sloppy so far? Like, I understand these guys had a break, but I mean, there's nine goals in this Oilers game. There is a dozen in the Panthers Lightning game. There was fifth. Well, how many goals was it? Eight to seven or something in the Arizona San Jose game? What is going on out there? It's a nightmare. Because. Nobody practices anymore. What do <laughs> yeah, you so think's going to happen? Uh, it's so like, you didn't I, think the forwards would be good. Well, it's it's just the league's different now. It's it's a lot yeah. of teams aren't practicing because of COVID, because of outbreaks, and they're just playing the games. And, and I don't care how good you are. If you don't practice on a continued basis, you're not going to be sharp, especially defensively. Like, teams aren't going over D-zone coverage. They're not going over their, their neutral zone play. They're basically trying to probably coach on the fly, doing video. And to me, that's why we're seeing these big scores. I couldn't believe the Florida score you're talking about. Like, that's, that's insane, but it's, it, it, it is what it is. When you take away valuable practice time, um, it's, it's really tough defensively. Like, guys are always going to have the skill. They're always going to score goals, but you need the reps, especially defensively. You know that old drill where you go three on three down low, just work on coverage, work on, on, on gapping up on your man. These guys aren't working on that. They're just going out. They're playing games. They're doing video. They're probably doing a 20, 30-minute skate and call it a day. Um, See, so, sounds great. It's just yeah, the opposite. It, it's the opposite of what you're thinking. You're thinking, get the puck in deep, get off the ice. And they're thinking, 
I'm staying out here until I get my cookie. Exactly, right? Hey, that's what you get paid for. It's all about the cookies. It's all about the assists. So, no, it's uh, it's 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 really this year. It's been the no defense league with all these big scores. And don't forget too, the other guys that aren't getting the reps are the goalies. Like goalies for any goalie I ever played with, love to to get in there and face shots and and feel the puck. Like those guys aren't getting the same amount of practice time either. And 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 we're seeing it in the scores. See, where was Derek with the... Uh, uh, oh, uh, there he is. <laughs> Yorkie, can you hear the goal scores? Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Kipper, who was the biggest cookie monster you ever played with? Dino Cicerelli. I love that we wanted names and you gave us one. That was great. <laughs> din Din. Uh, oh, din, yeah. Din. I, got a, I got a chance to play with Dino for a cup of coffee in Detroit. That, there's as not too many guys that love scoring goals more than him. Eh? But what a, what a beating he used to take in front of the net. Okay, so here's one for you. Okay, it's towards the latter part. We've got a nothing game at Madison Square Garden. Uh and Dino, I think, might be a goal away or maybe two goals away from a 40-goal season, and he's got a huge bonus in his contract. And it's late in the game. There's a face-off deep in the New York Rangers uh, zone, and Bernie Nichols is taking the face-off. And Dindin says, Bernie, you know, cut me some slack. I'm going after a, a, a scoring bonus. And Bernie goes... Well, why didn't you say so? Face-off drops. Bernie doesn't make a play on the puck. It, uh, it wins back to Dino, and Dino lets a rocket go. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think he scored, but I think he still ended up with his bonus. But, like, you know, yeah. that's a good union uh, guy right there. Don't you think, Bernie Nichols? Uh, uh, great union guy. I, I, I'll tell you guys a funny story about goals and assists and points. Um, it was back back when I was playing in Detroit, and uh, Keith Primo was a young guy on the team, and Sean Burr, who's unfortunately not around anymore. I don't know if you got a chance to know him at all. What what a great guy he was! So funny, just a great guy in the room, and the late Bob Probert as well uh, was on this team. So uh, there was an incident in the game where where Primo didn't get an assist. And, uh, and back then, obviously, the video replay and everything wasn't as good. And sometimes they made mistakes on assists. So I guess there was some talk about the assist and didn't get the assist. So the next day in practice, we're out at Joe Lewis. And all of a sudden, Burr skates into the penalty box and he grabs the microphone and he's like, uh, please add an assist to uh, Keith Primo on Detroit's <laughs> second goal. <laughs> right, 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 in the middle, right in the middle of practice. And remember the old PA announcer in Joe Lewis who had that, that, that very unique voice? He used the same voice. It sounded exactly like him. Burr skates out of the penalty box, and Primo sees him, and he tries to get at him. He's trying to fight him. And then Proby jumps in, and we end up having a fight at practice. Probert and Primo end up, they end up going at it because Burr goes into the penalty box and pretends he's the PA announcer. But, oh, my God, it was, I, it was so funny. But uh, what, what a great what a great guy Sean Burr was. Just such a, such a funny guy. And, you know, to do that in the middle of practice, I think Scotty Bowman was the coach, too. He was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, the penalty box. Yeah, oh, it was God. good. It was a pretty good fight, too, Kipper. Like, they were – 
not going at it for real, but there was a couple yeah. punches that got landed, and I was like, ooh, like this is yeah. getting serious. So when I got drafted out of uh, midget hockey here in Toronto, uh, I was the uh, the third pick uh, for the Kitchener Rangers. Sean Burr was the second pick. So we go to training camp uh, in, in Kitchener, and we're playing in our first exhibition game. And it's between the second and the third period. And Bursey, you know, had that high vo- voice, right? Yeah. Uh, right? And, and, he, <laughs> and he says, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know about the rest of the rookies in the room, but I really want to win. And I, <laughs> and I, I think I looked at one of the veterans. I think it was the captain, uh, Quinn, at the time. And I said, yeah. for the record, I, w- I want to win, too. I also okay. would like to win. <laughs> I, I also, I, I'm a rookie, and, and I also want to win, too. <laughs> oh, okay. And I go oh, crazy. That's... Like, like he you was, not he was included there. me in that? God, God, a, God rest his soul, guy. man. We miss hey, him a lot. He, um, I'll never forget. I had four training camps with Detroit, and Burr was the same thing every year. He's always he had that little barrel, a little bit chubby. He's like, "All right, yeah. guys, let's work ourselves into shape here. That's what training camps for." And he had this old, <laughs> his old thing. He'd always say is, "He goes stretching is overrated." He goes, "I'm a fat guy. I don't need to stretch. I'm already loose." not enough characters like that isn't that true isn't that true because i I really so do i miss guys like that for sure we we lost him way too early sean burr uh yorkie thanks for doing this pal my pleasure guys uh have a great new year hopefully uh you guys have a few drinks tonight and uh and get to relax a bit Jason York, Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada analyst. All right. A couple stories there, eh, to break up the day on our last stuff. Last last show in 2021. Show number 58. Is that true, Sammy? I know. Sammy's lost. He's lost. Okay, let's throw (laughs) it to a break. We're going to track down. Coley Campbell, Executive Vice President and Director of Hockey Operations for the National Hockey League. Maybe we'll get some answers. We'll check on the Winter Classic. We'll ask him about the Leafs' attendance. So much more on Real Kipper and Bourne.